confess our faith together. We'll use question and answer one of the Heidelberg Catechism. Bible's teaching about the one and only real comfort for all sinners. There's only one real comfort for all sinners. It's Jesus Christ. And you'll find that on page 872 in the back of your songbooks. Page 872. I'll ask the question and let's confess the answer together aloud. Congregation, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And let's read together Titus 2. Page 1184 in your Bibles, your Pew Bibles. What it means that he is fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, delivered me from the tyranny of the devil, and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. Titus 2 teaches that from beginning to end. Page 1184. But... Paul says to Titus, who is ministering on the island of Crete, amazing where the gospel works, anywhere, everywhere. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, 
waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, and especially verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. This is God's word. May he bless us by it. Beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, the biggest issue we face in life is the issue of comfort. Comfort in the original sense, not of comfortable and easy life, but comfort in the sense of fort, fortress, safety. God is our refuge and our strength. God is our comfort and our strength. What makes your life safe? Or what gives you comfort? What guarantees your security? What in the world is strong enough to give you comprehensive protection from all the forces of destruction that can destroy your life? What can truly protect you from devils, from diseases, from death, and from sin and judgment. What really is a safe place or true comfort for your life? That's the main issue facing every person alive, and that's the main issue of the Bible, and that's the issue the catechism is going to lead us through when it, like a tour guide or a Bible teacher, takes us through the Bible's teaching. What is your only comfort or fortress or safe hiding place in life and in death for body and for soul. Now, if you go downtown today to Heidelberg, Germany, where the catechism was written in German, German language in 1563, about 460 years ago, you'll find in the center of the town a large church building called Heidelberg Church or Heidelberg Cathedral. And as you go out the front doors and look across the street, there's a toy store there called Trost, or at least a few years ago it was still there, called Trost. Trost. Now that's the German word for comfort. And in the original Heidelberg Catechism, original German, that was the word used in question and answer one or question one. What's your only Trost in life and in death? Well, that illustrates really where many people look for their comfort or their safe place today in toys. Whether children's toys or grown-ups' toys and maybe houses, money, career, cottages, vacations, trucks. If I just have enough of these toys in my life, then I'll be safe and secure. I'll be happy. I'll be full. I'll have it good I'll have nothing to worry about. And for many, that's their trust, their comfort, their security. Now, that's the great lie of our secular age. It's obviously false, but billions of people settle for it anyways. The message of the Bible is so contrary to the toy store entitled Trost. Because the Bible's theme really is the same thing, trost. 
But the Bible has more than toys to offer. The Bible offers us God's refuge in his son Jesus Christ by the Spirit's power. And if you hide in Jesus, you have guaranteed safety, guaranteed security from devils, disease, death, sin, and judgment. And that's the comforting news of the Bible. That's the safe place for sinners. And we want to see that safe place, that refuge of Jesus Christ this afternoon, that comfort that he is, and that he redeems us, he possesses us, and he makes us zealous for good works. He gives us purpose again. Redeemed, possessed, and zealous through Christ. So first, our only real comfort is that Jesus came to redeem us from our sins. What's your only comfort in life and in death? If only I had that toy. No, no. What's your only comfort in life and in death? Oh, if only I could get that house or make my... No, no, no. That I'm not my own, but belong body and soul and life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. There. Why is that such a comfort? He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. Jesus has done for us, brothers and sisters, what no amount of toys, no amount of athletic power or political power, no amount of fame or money or achievements can do for you. Jesus has something that every human being desperately needs. Redemption. He has redeemed us from the guilt of sin that condemns me before God. And the power of sin that enslaves my life and makes me a prisoner. That's how redemption is described. How Jesus' safety and comfort is described. He's paid for all my sins with his precious blood. Redeemed me from sin's guilt. And delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. Redeemed me from sin's power. And that's redemption. To be freed. To have somebody purchase my freedom from those two terrible things, sin's guilt and sin's tyranny. Human beings are not free. They're not free first because of the guilt of their sin. We're condemned to die under God's judgment And if you're on death row, if there's a death sentence hanging on your life, no matter how good you feel, no matter how much God seems to be unreal to you, if you're under a death sentence, if you're guilty of breaking God's law and you're condemned to die under God's wrath, you're not free. You need somebody to pay the crime, do the time, pay the crime for you. And that's the reality. We're all guilty before God. We need our sins washed away. We've broken his laws in our actions and our words and our thoughts and desires and feelings. Nobody can say I'm good in himself, in herself. 
Then there's a second reason we're not free. We're guilty. We're condemned. But we're also living under a tyrant. Sin is a tyrant. A power that the devil uses to hold us in his grip and choke us. Make us captive to follow his orders. We're under a tyrant. And the worst tyrant we face, brothers and sisters, is not one living in Ottawa or Beijing. Not one living in Washington or Moscow. The worst tyrant we face is living inside us. That dual power of sin and Satan. Sin has our mind in its grip, so we can't believe the truth. We want to believe the lie. That's not freedom. Sin has our feelings in its grip, so that our moods and emotions can't be trusted. We're unstable as water, driven by lust and pride and envy and anger and bitterness. We're not free in our feelings. Sin also controls our words and actions so that we want to say and do what's wrong. We're not free because we're guilty and we're living under a tyrant and we need to be redeemed. We need a refuge, we need a trust, a comfort that will make it safe for us to live and die, safe for body and soul. And that's Jesus. Titus 2 describes him as our blessed, our great God and Savior who gave his life for us to redeem us from all wickedness. How do I get out of the grip of sin that holds me so tight? How do I get the devil's hands off me? How do I get my guilt gone so the condemnation, the death sentence of God is off me? I'm free. Jesus. God sent his son in our flesh and blood. We celebrate that at Christmas. To stand in my place as my substitute. God put on his son all my crimes, all my sins, all my guilt, and Jesus paid for me. And when Jesus paid for my sin, that took away the devil's grip on me, took the devil's hands off me, and set me free. And when I trust in Jesus, when I make him my trust, that I'm in Jesus who paid for my sins and God looks at me as washed, clean, guilt is gone. You're righteous in my sight. I accept you. I love you, says God. But I'm also in a safe place where the devil can't get his hands back on me and control me anymore, even though he attacks me and assaults me continually. He can't get me. He can't win. And that's the grace of God. Trost is not a toy and not a toy store. It's the message of the Bible, Jesus Christ. That's trust, that's comfort, that's safety, that's fortress, that's security. Body and soul. And life and in death. So even when you die, Jesus still holds you. And your soul goes to be with him in heaven. And even he goes into the grave with you and raises you up one day. He's got you covered, brother, sister. He's got you covered, totally. 
Peter says that in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. You were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your forefathers. You were redeemed. Not with perishable things like silver and gold. Jesus did not buy your, your freedom with money. But you were bought with the precious blood. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Hallelujah. Will you put your life there? Or do you prefer the death penalty of your guilt before God and sin and Satan to continue to control you so that your mind is still blinded by the lie, your feelings still controlled by sin, and your words and your actions dominated by the devil. Oh, make him your trust. Make him your comfort. He's your only real comfort. Nobody, nothing else can redeem your life and set you free. But in him, when you come to Jesus, you're also possessed by him. You're redeemed by him, but also possessed He came to earth to do much more than purchase your freedom. To set you free from sin's guilt and sin's tyranny. He came to take you. And bring you to himself and make you his own possession. So that you're his and he's yours. So that a believer can say, I'm not my own. But I belong now. I belong body and soul and life and death to my faithful savior Jesus Christ. I'm now possessed no longer possessed by demons, no longer possessed by fear, no longer controlled by the love of money, by the love of myself or by lust, no longer controlled or possessed by the need for the approval and the applause of people. I'm possessed by Jesus. I'm his possession. He owns me. I'm his. He rules my life and You're going to be ruled by something, by somebody. Nobody is truly his own, we might claim to be. Nobody's truly independent. You're ruled by something or somebody. And what a blessing to be rescued from yourself and sin and Satan's tyranny and from the death sentence. And to be brought into the arms of Jesus and to become his very own possession. Again, Titus 2, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. That's the greatest security there is. Your body and your soul belong to Jesus Christ, who offered up his body and soul for you on the cross to purchase you. And he holds you forever. He has you and he holds you forever as his bride and will never let go. When you're his, he watches over you in such a way that not a hair can fall from your head without the will of your father in heaven. He's got you covered. 
And he carries you all the way to heaven's eternal glory when you're his. That's the greatest thing about being a Christian. You're not just redeemed, but you're possessed by Jesus Christ. You know, and that's what freedom requires. Freedom is not the freedom to be left on your own to do whatever you want. That's the modern concept of freedom. Freedom to be left on your own and do whatever you want. That's death. Look what that brings into people's lives, marriages, families. Look look what that does to parliament. Look what that does to businesses, to a country, to a world. Freedom is not the freedom to do, to be left on your own to do whatever you want. You'll just get lost and stuck in the same old tyranny. Maybe you'll find a new tyrant. But stuck back in the rod of tyranny again. No, Jesus brings you. When he sets you free, he brings you to himself. Gathers you in his arms where you're safe. Puts you in the house of the Father. Fills you with his spirit. Possesses you. Think of a fish. A freshwater fish who somehow got lost and is in a saltwater sea. He's not free in a saltwater sea. He's in prison. He's going to die there. So let's say you go in there to redeem him. Plunge in that salt water to take him out, set him free. But is he just free? That fish just free if you take him out of the salt water and just throw him on the ground. Ha, he's free. No, he's not free until you actually bring him into a freshwater lake or sea. Only there will that fish be truly free. Well, that's the same for for us. We are made by God to live with him and for him. And unless we're in that fresh water of living with God, we're not free. We too got lost in a sea, a salt sea of sin. When we rejected God and Jesus came to rescue us from that salt sea. But he didn't just dump us out into a wilderness and say, now fend for yourself, you're on your own. Do whatever you want. Without giving us protection, guidance, safety. No, he brought us to himself to live with him. So we belong to him. He brings us back to God. It's exactly what God said to the nation of Israel when he set them free from slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt, Exodus 19. I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. That's freedom. When you're taken out of sin, out of the tyranny of the devil, out of condemnation, and brought over, transferred to God's ownership, to belong to Jesus Christ, his son. What a blessing to be able to say, I'm not my own. To be on your own, 
though people proclaim the glories of being on your own, being alone, being independent, to be on your own is the scariest place to be, all alone in your sin and judgment, without a helper, without support, without a lifeline. All alone, without God, you're God's enemies. God's enemy. But sadly, that's the the American dream, or shall we say the North American dream, to be all your own, to be in love with yourself, to rely on yourself, to be truly independent. That, That in our culture is the ideal man, the ideal woman, the one who relies on no one else. I am my own. I'm not going to degrade my humanity by clinging to some God. That's how the seculars think. I am my own, and I'm not going to degrade my humanity by clinging to some God, some God named Jesus. But you're not truly free when you say, I am my own. No, we're only truly free when we can say, I'm not my own, I belong to Jesus. Because then we belong to one who watches over us in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. We belong to one who works all things out for our salvation so that come hell or high water, come sickness or bankruptcy or failure or abuse or war or death, God will work all things out for his glory and my good. You want to belong. You want to belong to Jesus who put you in the hands of the Father, the Heavenly Father, and fills you with his Holy Spirit. Now you're free to live. There is no freedom, really, truly, other than in Jesus Christ, our comfort, our trust. Think of the freedom of Narcissus. Do you remember in Greek mythology that character Narcissus? Oh, he thought he was free. Very handsome young man, so in love with himself that he really couldn't love anyone else. He tried, he tried, but didn't work. Finally, he found somebody to love. He looked in a pool and saw his own reflection. I love that guy. And he fell in love with his own reflection, Narcissus. And he just stared there and he stayed there until he starved to death. He got so self-absorbed that it destroyed him. Yeah, Narcissus was his own. And that relates to the current problem that becomes sort of a buzzword in our culture, narcissism. You are the center of the universe. And everything's about you. You are the hero of everyone's story. If there's a problem, it all comes back to, oh, my pain. And if something good, it all comes back to, oh, what a great job I did. What a great person I am. And it's deadly. You get lost inside yourself. I am my own. Oh, what a p- 
pitiful state. You can't save yourself. You can't heal yourself. You need God. And what we need to be saved from is ourselves. From self-focus, called pride, loving ourselves. From self-pity, always feeling sorry for ourselves. From envy, always wishing everyone else's success was ours. That's narcissism. It's poison, it's prison, it's a curse. And Jesus came to set us free from that, from ourselves, so that in him we can say, I'm not my own anymore. I belong. I am his possession. I belong to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's the really, really the third part of this Christian comfort. Jesus redeems you. He possesses you so you're not your own anymore. But he also lives in you. And makes you zealous for good works, Titus 2, verse 14. Restores to you the true purpose for which God made you. Puts meaning back in your life. Good meaning. Where you delight in God again. And you get up in the morning for him. And you go to bed resting in him. If somebody can give you that kind of life. Where you have motivation, the right motivation and real purpose and meaning that is eternal. That is far bigger than just little you. And even bigger than this world, but eternally large in God. That's freedom. That's trust. That's the secure, the good life. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2, 14, gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Paul says that again in Titus 3, verse 8. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. Those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So belonging to Jesus doesn't mean hiding inside him as your refuge and then sitting down in a lazy boy chair and doing nothing at all. And Jesus will just take care of whatever mess you make. <laughs> That's not how it goes. That's not how God does his work. It's the opposite. When Jesus saves you and makes you his own possession, he fills you with his Holy Spirit and puts your life back on the right track. He assures you. And he, the catechism puts it in beautiful words, makes you wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. You're designed for that. That's the fresh water that is your freedom. Where you can breathe again. 
and enjoy God. And the people he puts with you. You see, the problem with secularism and atheism, is it doesn't give you a purpose higher than yourself. And that eventually leads to a culture that tries to medicate itself with vodka and weed as a way to escape a pointless, purposeless existence. And Jesus saves you from that. And gives you zeal for good works, for God's glory. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you and motivate you to live the way God designed you to live. No good works can't save you. That's not why we're zealous for good works. Only Jesus' good works can save you. But you're saved by Jesus to do good works. He makes you zealous. The Holy Spirit makes you zealous. And put your life back in line again with your created purpose. To love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's... That's the free life, living upward to God in thanksgiving and praise and worship and outward to your neighbor in loving service. And that's the opposite of narcissism. That's the Christian life. He makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Jesus gave his life for us, brothers and sisters, to redeem us, to possess us, and to make us zealous for good works. Renew purpose and meaning in your life. That's the blessing of belonging to Jesus Christ, making him your trost. Real trost, comfort is not a toy store. Toys break. You get bored with them soon, even if they don't. Sometimes you just get too old to play with them. They don't last. But Jesus is the trost who never wears out, never loses his power and blessing for your life. So come away from yourself. Come away from yourself. Trust in Jesus. Ask him to take your life, to set you free from all your guilt before God, your death sentence. Set you free from sin's tyranny in your own life. And to take you and make you his own bring you to himself, wrap his loving arms around you. Come away from yourself. Come to Jesus Christ. If you're restless, if you have no inner peace, no real purpose, lasting purpose, if you're angry, you're afraid, if you're unable to forgive, if you're unmotivated, empty, if you're addicted to sin, whatever, come to Jesus Christ. He'll not turn you away. He'll take you, set you free, and make you a new person. This is our only comfort for body and soul in life and in death.
Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you that in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've given us a way out of destruction, death, a way out of ourselves, and into the joy and freedom of God. Lord, take us there, each one of us. Take us there, set us free, bring us to yourself, make us zealous for you. Lord, we want to glorify you by enjoying the comfort you've given to us in Christ. We ask for this, we praise you for this in Jesus. Amen.